Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Between the shadows of reality and the fringe of our own fears lurks a world of monsters. Strange creatures and frightening phantoms who test the very boundaries of our science and superstition. It's a realm of mystery and legend, a place of fact and fear. This is Monstro Bizarro. The sun was reduced to yellow splinters as it set behind a stand of tangled trees. Amid the evening buzz of insects, a lone fisherman cast one last lure across a flooded wetland. It plopped into the water, causing something unseen to slither away. A loud croak echoed in the stillness. As the man sat back in his boat to enjoy the final moments of the day, he heard a limb crack to his right. It came from an area where the marshy waters merged with some thick woods. He glanced over, but saw nothing, so he turned back to his fishing line, which had not moved. His luck had been pretty good for the day, so he considered reeling it in and calling it quits. He still had to navigate out of the slough and back to the location where he'd parked his car hours earlier. As the fisherman debated, another snap came from the bank, followed by something that sounded like footsteps in the shallows. This time, he took more notice. It would be unlikely for a person to be walking out there. It was considerably remote and well before hunting season. The fisherman carefully scanned the trees until he caught sight of a dark shape moving just inside the canopy. It looked like a person, although somehow different, more animal-like, though it was walking upright on two legs. Whatever it was continued to move along the bank, alternately walking on the land and in the shallow waters as it came closer. Glints of failing sunlight revealed what appeared to be a dark greenish or brownish figure with rough skin and not wearing clothes. It hunched slightly and walked with sharp, angled movements. It didn't seem to notice the fisherman. As he continued to watch, a feeling of uneasiness was growing inside him. The thing could have been a man, but he knew it wasn't. Its movements were just too animal-like and altogether strange. He'd heard legends of mysterious things in the area, and even though he thought they were silly, he couldn't help but think of the possibility. The location was remote and rarely traveled except by boat. Who knows what could be living in its darkest corners? The figure was now within 40 yards, The fisherman felt a surge of adrenaline and started to reel in his line. He did it as quietly as he could, but still his movement drew the thing's attention. It stopped and turned its head in the direction of the boat. Its eyes flashed with a reddish tinge as it looked directly at the man. 
Its eyes were large and its head topped with a bony ridge. The fisherman began to shake as he let go of the rod and reached for his trolling motor without taking his eyes off the thing. He wanted to get out of there as fast as he could. The thing, the creature, moved its head with a few quick movements as it studied the man. Then, in the blink of an eye, it turned and vanished into the woods. The panicked witness started the trolling motor and began to navigate as quick as he could away from the site. The motor wasn't fast, but it was the only option to get him out of the green duckweed that clogged the slough. His rod and reel plunked over the side of the boat and disappeared into the briny water. He didn't care. Darkness was descending, and the embodied forms of legend would soon own the night. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lyle Blackburn, and on this episode, we'll explore sightings of bizarre reptilian humanoid or amphibious-type creatures across North America. I've covered one of the most famous cases, the Bishopville Lizardman, in a previous episode. So this time, we'll look beyond South Carolina, where more sightings of scaly, slimy, creepy cryptids defy explanation. Like living creatures from the Black Lagoon, these entities dwell in the most remote corners of our modern world. Not on movie sets, but in real life, at least according to the witnesses. Here are reports from various newspapers and witnesses who claim to have seen things that perhaps no one is meant to see. The story I let off with was told to me by Bob Sergusti, a man who had a lifetime of experience fishing in the waters of the southern gulf in and around Florida and Alabama. In this case, he was fishing a swampy river in the Everglades when he saw some kind of unidentified creature that seems to fall into the category of scaly humanoid cryptids known as lizardmen. The Bishopville Lizardman is arguably the most famous of cryptozoology's purported scaly humanoids, but it's certainly not the only one. Sightings of similar creatures have been reported elsewhere, although not in great numbers or with consistent descriptions. Some of these accounts describe a man-like reptile, while others describe something of a more amphibious nature. Yet others seem more akin to an upright crocodilian species. In all cases, these creatures are often seen near watery environments such as rivers, lakes, and swamps, and are sometimes referred to more broadly as swamp monsters. Because of the strange nature of these scaly, man-like things, scholars of cryptozoology have struggled to identify and classify just what sort of creatures they may be. Ivan T. Sanderson, one of the first recognized cryptozoologists, included a few sightings of scaly humanoids in his larger tomes of cryptids, but placed them alongside reports of hairy ape-like creatures. Paranormal researcher and author John Keel did the same. In his book, Strange Creatures from Time and Space, first published in 1970, Keel presented reports of swamp creatures in a chapter titled Creatures from the Black Lagoon. The chapter includes monsters of the bipedal scaly sort, 
but also hairy hominoids that are more akin to Bigfoot. However, since these cases tend to occur within close proximity to water, he brands the whole lot with the tongue-in-cheek name of Abominable Swamp Slobs, or ASS for short, a term derived from Abominable Snowman, or ABSM, which was used at the time to describe all Bigfoot or Yeti-like creatures. Both Sanderson and Keel borrowed heavily from the files of cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, one of the most prominent and widely recognized figures in the field today. Coleman was essentially the first to research so-called swamp monster cases, starting more than five decades ago. He wrote of them in his early articles for Fate, Fortean Times, and Strange magazines, and later in his books and blog site entries. In his book, The Field Guide to Bigfoot and Other Mystery Primates, co-written with Patrick Weed, the authors include a few water-dwelling humanoids under the classification of mer-beings. The authors' classification and theories are contingent upon the theory that these creatures are actually covered in hair, not scales, which justifies their inclusion in a book about mystery primates. To explain the descriptions of scaly skin, they propose that these creatures often have patchy hair growths that appear like scales. In a later book, Coleman includes famous cases of reptilian and amphibious humanoids under the heading of lizardmen, which is certainly a logical grouping since most of the creatures exhibit at least some lizard-like traits. This idea has become more popular and a simplified term used to identify any such creatures fitting this description. No matter what we call them, trying to understand what they are is no easy task given the rarity of sightings and lack of evidence. The only thing that's certain is that people from all over North America have occasionally reported harrowing encounters with upright walking creatures that seem to be covered in scales or have other reptilian-slash-amphibious traits. Are these real creatures from the Black Lagoon, or are they simply a type of primate that has been misrepresented by names such as Lizardman? Or are they something completely different and altogether otherworldly or alien? Perhaps by delving into some of the most notable sightings of scaly bipedal creatures, we can shed more light on these monstrous questions. In one of the oldest reports on record, a man claims to have encountered a strange aquatic creature in 1952 at Lake Conway, north of Little Rock, Arkansas. George Dillon said he was fishing one morning when one of his trot lines became snagged. Thinking it must have been dragged into the brush by a large fish, he began to pry the line with his paddle. When the hooks finally came to the surface, he could see they had captured some sort of aquatic animal unlike any he had ever seen before. According to the Log Cabin Democrat newspaper, which first published details of the encounter on March 7, 1952, Dylan lifted it partly out of the water and it began moving its head from side to side trying to free a hook from its mouth with its tongue. 
As the creature struggled, it came forward and put a hand on the boat. It had green, spotted skin similar to a frog's, and a head which resembled a monkey's, with its temples pinched in, and a monkey-like mouth with blue lips and no teeth, Dylan recalled. He estimated its weight to be around 80 pounds and added that it had fairly broad shoulders, more stooped than a man's, and a humped back. Dylan watched in horrified amazement as the thing freed itself, then pushed off from his boat and swam into some nearby bushes. Once the creature was out of sight, he dropped his trot line and quickly left the area. Later in the same decade, a man claimed to have encountered a very bizarre scaly humanoid in California. The date was November 8, 1958, and the hour was late when a man by the name of Charles Wetzel drove his 1952 Buick along North Main Street in the town of Riverside. He was listening to the radio and enjoying the ride as he approached an area where the Santa Ana River often flooded the road. There, as usual, a shallow plain of water engulfed the lowest portion of the pavement, so Wetzel slowed down. As he did, a six-foot-tall creature ran into the middle of the road. Wetzel hit the brakes. The thing was just standing there looking at him. It had a round, scarecrowish head, Wetzel told reporters from the Los Angeles Examiner, which ran the story on November 9, 1958. He described the face as having a beak-like mouth and fluorescent, shining eyes with no visible ears or nose. And in both the original interview and an interview conducted in 1982 by Lauren Coleman, Wetzel stressed that the creature had skin that was scaly, like leaves, but definitely not feathers. He also noted that the creature's legs stuck out from the sides of the torso, not from the bottom, and that it also had incredibly long arms. Wetzel was shocked by the sight of the creature, and for a few moments he and the creature remained transfixed, eyeing each other in the road. Then, without warning, the thing advanced towards the car and began clawing at the windshield. It crawled on top of the hood while emitting a high-pitched scream. Panicking, Wetzel fumbled for the twenty-two pistol he always carried with him. He raised it in warning, but the creature paid no heed as it continued to scratch at the glass. Wetzel then made the decision to stomp on the gas pedal and let the beast deal with the consequences. As the car lurched forward, the creature fell in front of its path and was run over. Wetzel simply sped away, leaving the creature lying in the road. Wetzel went directly to the local police where he told them of the incident. The police, taking him at his word, quickly made their way to the area to investigate. They searched extensively upon the road and along the river, but could find no evidence of the alleged creature. The only tangible indications that something had been in contact with Wetzel's car were some marks on the windshield and a streak of missing grease along the bottom of the oil pan that seemed to confirm the man had indeed run over something. It's a very odd report, but Wetzel was not the only one who reported a mysterious encounter near the Santa Ana River at the time. The following night, 
another motorist driving along the same street reported seeing a large shadowy something run across the road. Could it have been the very same beast? We will never know. Another early report that surfaced years later was investigated by my friend Charlie Raymond, founder of the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization. According to the report, in the fall of 1966, a young boy in Stevensport, Kentucky, was awakened at approximately 1 a.m. when he heard a loud commotion outside his bedroom window. Startled, the boy got up and looked outside. He couldn't see anything moving, so he went to the living room and pulled back the curtains covering the front door. There, in the yard, stood a brownish-green, man-like creature with scaly skin and webbed hands. I can only describe it as a lizard man, although the only human thing about it was the fact that it stood on two legs and was about six feet tall, the witness, now an adult, told Raymond. About the time he peered out the window, the creature caught sight of him. The thing immediately took off running on two legs in the direction of a nearby waterway called Sinking Creek. The boy darted to an adjacent window to get another look, but after about 75 yards, the thing just disappeared into the darkness of the woods. It was very amphibious looking, he said, with scales covering its entire body. What I remember the most about its face were these huge rows of gills which flared out on both sides. Its face was very hard-looking with little dark eyes similar to a snake or lizard. He couldn't recall seeing a nose or lips as the encounter lasted only a few moments. But he also noted there was a ridge-like feature which started on the forehead and ran back over the top of its head. According to my friend Charlie Raymond, the witness is now married with two children who are in college. He seems very credible, and the details of his story have not changed from the original report. When asked if he thought it was possible to have been fooled by a person in a costume, for example, the witness felt certain that wasn't the case. It was just too lifelike, and it moved too quickly to have been a man, he said. He also pointed out that this was the remotest part of Breckenridge County in Kentucky. The idea of a person roaming around down there in an elaborate monster suit back in 1966 just seems ludicrous and out of the question. Another early story that is often associated with lizard men took place on the Ohio River in 1955. According to a United Press newswire circulated to newspapers at the time, a Miss Naomi Johnson from Evansville, Indiana, was swimming in the river one August afternoon when she felt something grab her by the leg and try to pull her under the water. According to Miss Johnson, it seemed to be a clawed, perhaps hairy hand. She struggled, surfaced, but was pulled down again until a noise from people on the bank apparently caused her attacker to let go. Once she was safely back on the bank, she could see a green stain in the shape of a palm on her leg and scratches. Whatever had grabbed her remained underwater the entire time, so no one actually got a look at it. Miss Johnson presumed it was a hand, 
judging by the way it felt around her leg, grasping her below the knee. The fact that it left an odd green stain led to speculation that perhaps it was something like a creature from the Black Lagoon, a movie that had coincidentally been released one year prior in 1954. The story has been included in various publications on everything from Bigfoot to Lizardmen, although there is no way to really know what kind of creature or animal it was. Large alligator gars are known to inhabit the river, so it could have just as well been a common marine animal. Regardless, we will never know. Another loosely related case comes from the files of John Keel. As detailed in his book, Strange Creatures from Time and Space, the incident took place in July of 1966. Late one evening, two girls were sitting in a parked car near Little Creek outside of Fontana, California, a mere 20 miles from the site of Charles Wetzel's bizarre encounter. As the girls were talking, they suddenly noticed a huge creature standing next to the car. Frightened, they started the car and sped away from the scene and called the Bernardino County Sheriff's Office. They told police the creature was at least seven feet tall, covered in what looked like dark hair, and draped with moss and slime. No other details are available, but the incident must have caused quite a stir since it triggered a full-on, quote, monster hunt in which more than 250 hunters poured into the woods looking for the thing. It was never found. Several incidents of a similar nature have taken place at Thetis Lake in British Columbia. The first, as reported by the Victoria Daily Times, occurred on August 19, 1972. Two teenagers, a Gordon Pike and Robin Flewellen, said they were standing near the beach's recreation center when they noticed a disturbance in the otherwise calm waters of the lake. Within seconds, a five-foot-tall, humanoid-like animal emerged from the water and began running towards them. The young men fled, but not before the creature managed to slash one of them on the hand with razor-sharp spikes protruding from its head. The witnesses described their assailant as having a scaly body, webbed extremities, and a head with dark, large, bulging fish-like eyes. Pike and Flewellen promptly reported the incident to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who believed the young men were sincere enough to warrant an investigation. The investigation did not yield any evidence to support their claim, but in due time the creature would return to give the police a second chance. On the afternoon of August 23rd, Mike Gold and Russell Van Nice, both young boys, were fishing at Thetis Lake when they allegedly saw the creature come out of the water and look around. The location was on the opposite shore from the previous sighting, but the animal's description seemed to match. According to one of the boys, It came out of the water and looked around, and then it went back into the water. Then we just ran. Its body was silver and shaped like an ordinary body, like a human being body but it had a monster face and it was all scaly with a point sticking out of its head and great big ears and horrifying eyes. 
The Royal Canadian Mounted Police continued their investigation, but failed to reel in the mysterious monster. Theories circulated that the creature was merely an escaped pet tigo. Tigos are tropical lizards that can grow up to five feet in length. A local resident claimed to have lost his pet tigu near the lake one year earlier. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police considered the possibility that the witnesses had actually seen that large lizard. But of course, that doesn't explain the description of an upright creature. Nor does it explain how a lizard that requires a tropical environment could survive in the brutal cold of British Columbia. Many years later, Russell Van Nice claimed their sighting, the one by he and Mike Gold, was just a lie to get attention. Now, this, of course, probably true, but even if this second sighting is attributed to the copycat effect, it doesn't necessarily discredit the original report by Pike and Flewellen. Nor does it explain an incident that occurred much more recently, one in which I was able to interview the witness personally. It was late summer of 2006 when Jesse Martin decided to try his luck fishing at Thetis Lake. Martin was a professional fishing instructor working for the Freshwater Fisheries Society of British Columbia at the time, so it was not unusual for him to make the rounds to various lakes near Victoria. However, this was his first visit to Thetis. Martin arrived in the afternoon and began fishing from the shore. He didn't have a boat with him, but there were plenty of walking paths around the lake that provided excellent access to the water's edge. Just as he had hoped, he was having great luck, so he continued to fish for several hours, reeling in some trophy catches. As daylight began to fade, he made a few final casts before deciding to call it quits. Martin packed his gear and returned to the parking lot, where his Ford Mustang was the sole vehicle remaining there. It was completely deserted, he said. This was nothing new to an experienced urban fisherman, but things started to get spooky when he heard something moving just out of sight in the bushes. He wasn't sure what it was, but it was kind of alarming enough to make him throw his rods into the car and hurry to get his keys out. As he hurried into the driver's seat and closed the door, he glanced into the rearview mirror. In the growing dusk, he saw what appeared to be a man-like figure running towards him. Martin, now in a state of panic, turned the key and started the car. When he glanced back in the mirror, the figure was almost upon him. He put the car into gear, and the thing made one last lunge for the passenger side door where its hand smacked against the handle. Martin peeled out of the parking lot and headed for the highway. The fisherman managed to calm down during his drive, but when he arrived home, he received one more shock. Before going into his house, Martin decided to check the area on the passenger side where the thing, or whatever it was, had struck. Five scratch marks with patches of fish scales strewn throughout were visible there on the car. For obvious reasons, Martin did not sleep well that night. The next day, he was still shaken, so he decided to tell a co-worker of his experience, even if it came out sounding pretty ridiculous. But his co-worker didn't laugh. After listening to his account, 
She asked if he had ever heard of Thetis Lake's strange past. Martin admitted that he had not, so he looked up the Thetis Lake monster. To him, it sounded a lot like what he encountered. He hasn't been back to the lake since. I received yet another report about a strange incident at Thetis Lake following the release of my Lizardman book. A man by the name of Travis told me that when he was a young boy, he often visited Thetis Lake with his family. On a hot summer day in the year 2000, he was at Thetis Lake wading out past the drop-off at the main beach. The lake was very clear at the time. He was looking down at the blackness of the drop-off when he was violently pulled under the water as if yanked by someone or something. He frantically fought to get back to the surface, but was yanked down again just as he got a quick breath. The last thing he remembers is people running towards him, including his grandpa and one of his brothers. He was unconscious for a time and was resuscitated by CPR from the lifeguard. To this day, he can't quite explain what happened at the lake, but by all accounts it was very odd. The lake is rather shallow, yet, according to Travis, there seems to be an unusual amount of drownings that have taken place there. Considering the apparent shallow nature of the lake and no history of rip currents, it is very perplexing. There seems to be something odd about that particular body of water, judging from these bizarre reports. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down in the Everglades of Florida, rumors of so-called gator men have persisted for many years. These creatures are said to be part human, part alligator, with the greenish, scaly body of a gator and the upper torso of a human. Various online articles claim sightings date back to the 1700s, though no specific details are ever provided to back them up. The idea of a creature having a human torso and an alligator's lower body is rather ridiculous, of course. As such, Rumors of the so-called gator men may be the result of an article that appeared in the November 9, 1993 issue of Weekly World News. The front page shows an eerie photo of a bizarre creature touted to be half man, half alligator. In actuality, the photo is that of Jake the Alligator Man, an infamous sideshow gaff that features a mummified-looking head and arms attached to a taxidermied alligator carcass. This clever creation is housed at Marsh's Free Museum in Long Beach, Washington, 
and was definitely not captured in Florida. There is, however, at least one intriguing report from Florida that leaves me wondering if there just might be a grain of truth to this particular Sunshine State lore. In this case, the reported creature seems to be far more plausible than a half-man, half-alligator, and the beast is all the more frightening because of it. The report was sent to my late friend Linda Godfrey, who included it in her excellent book, American Monsters. The witness in this case was an 18-year-old man who, at the time, was volunteering at a Florida paleontology museum. According to the man, he saw a creature he could not identify while kayaking in one of the many canals of the swampy St. John's River Delta in central Florida. The witness explained that in April of 2013, he was paddling through its brackish waters when something bumped his kayak. He didn't get a good look at the animal at first, so he just took it to be a large gator judging from a quick glimpse of dark, scaly body with ripples down its back. Concerned about the size, he quickly rode to the nearest bank and got out of his kayak. As he stood on the sandy shore, he watched the animal navigate to the bank further down and crawl out of the water. Much to the witness's surprise, this was no mere gator. It had the general body characteristics of an alligator, but the head appeared much taller vertically than any alligator or crocodile he'd ever seen. It also had arms that were longer and much larger than a normal crocodilian, with very obvious muscular tissue showing through the scales. Its legs, too, were broader and thicker and positioned directly below the body rather than off to the sides like a reptile. Everything about this creature was disturbingly different. To make matters worse, it rose up on its hind legs and stood up. The witness said he could feel his blood run cold as this thing, which stood at least six to seven feet tall, turned and looked at him. It was completely unlike anything I'd ever seen, either living or in the fossil record, he stated. I tried to scream, but I couldn't even get that out of my throat. The creature raised its elbows and made a deep hissing sound. It then turned and walked into the woods, first on two legs and then dropping back to all fours before disappearing into the brush. While this sighting would be enough to provide a lifetime of nightmares, it was not the only time the witness saw it. Later that night, he and a female friend, whom he decided not to tell about what he had seen earlier that day, were sleeping on his sailboat when he awoke at about 3 a.m., he could hear the sound of a slight drizzly rain outside and then suddenly heard what he thought was a loud hiss. I peered out of the porthole facing the canal entrance and I could see a figure in the dim light on the distant side of the canal, he said. I nearly had a heart attack when I realized it was that thing from earlier. He immediately awakened his friend, who also looked out to see the creature. They watched for several horrified minutes as the thing maneuvered around the edge of the boat and even peered into the porthole as if looking for something. Eventually it backed up from the boat, turned and lowered itself into the water until only its back and head were visible above the surface. 
Then it swam off into the mist, never to be seen again. I personally received a report of a very similar creature from a man who lives in my home state of Texas. It's one that I mentioned on a previous episode. John Johnson told me that in the early 1960s, his dad and some friends were camping along the Brazos River outside of Waco, Texas, when they began to hear something walking in the water. When they looked up, they were surprised to see something like an alligator walking upright on its hind legs coming up the creek towards them. One of the guys grabbed a 22 rifle and started firing at the thing, but it seemed to have virtually no effect on it. It just kept coming up the embankment towards their camp, so they finally jumped up and ran for their cars. They took off and never saw it again. John's dad told him the story when he was young, but it wasn't until years later that John really understood what his father had seen. One evening, John and a friend were checking their fishing trot lines along the shallow parts of the Brazos River north of Waco when they heard a splashing sound like someone walking towards them. It was just starting to get dark, so they shined a spotlight in the direction of the splashing. And there was what John described as a big lizard walking through the water coming towards them. It was so frightening, they immediately started their boat and took off back down the river. It was something he could never explain or forget. Now it seems coincidental that John and his dad would see virtually the same thing so many years apart. However, John is certainly credible and I have no reason to doubt his story. Reports of more traditional lizardman type cryptids have come in from various places over the years. While somewhat scattered, they continue to build a database for such incidents. One of these is sourced from a document filed with the Catalog of Humanoid Reports, also known as HUMCAT. The document states that one evening in the fall of 1974, a man was driving near White Meadow Lake in Rockaway Township, New Jersey, when his headlights illuminated a large humanoid figure standing by the side of the road. Though it wasn't facing him, he could tell it was greenish in color and covered with scales. As the witness continued to approach, the thing turned its head to the left so he was able to see its profile. He could now see that it was, quote, reptilian with bulging frog-like eyes and a broad lipless mouth. The horrified driver quickly hit the gas pedal and left the creature standing in the darkness. There's another incident where a woman saw a reptilian humanoid type creature in the Sabine River bottoms in southeastern Texas. A woman named Fiona told me she saw a lizard man in Mississippi during the year 2000. Me and my brother were at my dad's house in Big Point, and the two boys who lived next door and my brother were playing hide-and-go-seek in the woods he filled behind the trailers. Well, the boys decided they were going to play a trick on my brother and left him alone in the woods. Well, I saw them run out from the steps of my dad's trailer, and about 30 seconds later, I heard my brother scream. And right after that, I saw what looked like a green man run out, and I had started running towards my brother at this point, but when I saw the man or whatever it was, I stopped. And then it stopped. 
and it looked straight at me for like three seconds and then ran back into the woods. A few seconds later, my brother ran out scared. He saw the man too. It was eerie and I can still see the whole thing like it was yesterday. She described it as looking very much like the creature illustration on the cover of my Lizardman book. If that's the case, then it undoubtedly fits into the category of reptilian humanoids. And judging from that book cover, a very frightening looking thing at that. I received a report from a man in Oklahoma about a reptilian humanoid creature that was seen in a wooded canyon area south of Fitztown on two different occasions. Yet another witness reported to me that he was driving down a lonely road in eastern North Carolina around 1998 when he saw what he thought was a hunter wearing camo walk into the road. The witness stopped and opened the door intending to speak to the man. It was then he realized that it wasn't a man at all, but rather something akin to a lizard-like humanoid. He said it grunted and then shambled off into the swampy woods. The man was so shaken he got back into the car and quickly sped from the area. One of my best reports came from a gentleman living in New Mexico. My family often stays in the mountains of New Mexico for vacations and while out there I've done presentations on Bigfoot and interviewed the occasional witness who claims to have encountered one of the alleged creatures. In this case the witness did not have a Bigfoot sighting to report but instead had a rather chilling tale about an encounter with what he believed was a reptilian humanoid. Up until meeting me, he wasn't really aware of the concept of Lizardman as far as a cryptid, but when he saw my Lizardman book, he felt he should share the story. Travis Ortiz told me he and a friend were hiking in the remote area known as Brokoff Mountain when they stopped to rest and take a drink. His friend had taken a few steps away to relieve himself while Ortiz sat and just looked around. He heard a rock slide to his right which drew his attention. When he turned to look, he saw what he first took to be a dark man crawling up a small embankment on his hands and feet. Not his knees, but raised up using his feet and hands only. In a split second, the man, who Ortiz realized now was not a man, turned his head and looked at Ortiz before raising upright onto his legs. At that point, the witness could see it was some kind of humanoid-looking thing with dark greenish or yellow-like skin that appeared to be scaly. It had various bony ridges upon his upper arms, back, and the crest of its head. Its eyes were larger than a human's, and its face looked sunken and hollow. It was only visible for about three to four seconds before it moved with incredible speed on two legs into a scraggly grove of trees and disappeared from sight. Its movement was very reptilian-like and completely silent, Ortiz said. Ortiz began screaming at his friend who was just finishing his business and starting to turn around. He had not seen the thing himself, but after Ortiz told him what he had seen in a panicked voice, the two men grabbed their shoulder packs and began practically running back in the direction they had come. Ortiz said he was in fear the thing would stop and pop out from one of the hilly arroyos and confront them, but fortunately it did not. 
Ortiz said the sighting was very quick, but he was sure it was some kind of bizarre creature and not a man or a person playing a prank. The encounter may have lasted only seconds, but left him with nightmares that have plagued him since. And I can only imagine... The archetype of a reptilian humanoid isn't something new. Various concepts of reptile men, whether perceived as actual men, creatures, or as gods, can be found throughout human history. They are woven into the very fabric of our mythology, religion, and folklore. One such example dates back to ancient Greece in which Cecrops, the mythical king of Athens, was depicted as having the upper body of a man and the lower body of a serpent. In ancient Egypt, the god Sobek was the deification of crocodiles, an animal that coexisted with people along the Nile River. Sobek was often depicted as a man with the head of a crocodile. Hindu mythology tells of the Naga, reptilian beings who lived underground and interacted with human beings on the surface. Still more examples can be found in Aztec, Iranian, and Islamic mythos, just to name a few. The presence of these creatures can also be found in various regional folklore. One example is the shape-shifting snake woman, Mora Encantada, prevalent in folklore from Portugal and Spain. Native Americans, as well, often told of encounters with reptilian-like beings who they believe shared our world. The area where Travis Ortiz saw the bizarre scaly humanoid is rife with tales of such things often known as shapeshifters. In modern times, various incarnations of scaly humanoids permeate the realms of cryptozoology, alien encounters, conspiracy theories, books, comic books, games, and movies. Some of these are well-known fictional characters, such as the creature from the Black Lagoon or Swamp Thing, while some are nameless horrors originating with UFO reports and strange conspiracy scenarios that involve intelligent reptiles disguised as humans. Creature from the Black Lagoon is perhaps the most iconic example, and in fact, the very inspiration for the 1954 movie came from a cryptid that was said to exist in South America. In a 1995 Starlog magazine interview, Creature from the Black Lagoon producer, William Olland, told how the idea came about. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it was during the making of uh, Citizen Kane. I had dinner one evening with Olson Wells and his girlfriend at the time, Dolores Del Rio, and a tremendously famous Mexican cinematographer named uh, Gabriel Figueroa. In idle conversation, Figueroa told the story about this creature that lives up in the Amazon, who's half man and half fish. And once a year, he comes up and claims a maiden, and after that, he leaves, and the village is then safe for another year. We just looked at him, and he said, Oh, you people think I'm joking, don't you? And then he insisted that this was absolutely true, and that he could produce photos. For about five minutes there, he held forth about how this was not a myth, and that there really was such a creature, and that the Amazonian people talked about him all the time, etc. So, there it was in my brain. Not 
Surprisingly, the Creature from the Black Lagoon film plays out much like a modern-day cryptozoology hunt in which individuals brave an inhospitable jungle in the hopes of uncovering evidence of a previously unknown animal. In this case, they do end up locating the creature and ultimately try to destroy it, whereas any such similar beasts reported in the real world have unanimously remained elusive. What then should we make of these modern-day creatures? Are they real, or are they hallucinations conjured from our collective conscience, sparked by movies or perhaps rooted in our history or natural fear of reptiles, especially ones that might share our extraordinary ability to walk upright? Theories to explain these lizardmen range from an unknown animal to ancient shape-shifting beings to aliens. My discussion here has been exclusive to cryptid-type reports, but there are other reptilian humanoid sightings that correspond to UFO activity or cases where a person in our urban society is suspected of being a reptilian disguised as a human. As such, an exploration of this topic could go in many directions and delve into a great number of possible explanations far too broad to cover in a single podcast episode. If we are to accept these eyewitness reports as fact and presume they are terrestrial entities, then what could they be? One theory suggests that it could be a highly evolved dinosaur. Paleontologist Dale Russell hypothesized that if the brain of a specific Cretaceous theropod dinosaur had continued to grow in proportion to its body, then evolutionary changes would have been necessary to accommodate the new cranial mass. One of these changes would have been a more upright stance. This could lead to more anthropomorphic legs, longer arms, and, most dramatically, a human-like head. If a theropod such as this did survive to the modern day, then it would literally fit the description of a lizard man. There was an ancient species of crocodile that walked upright, much like a couple of our eyewitnesses described. Known as the Carolina Butcher, it was a nine-foot-tall reptilian predator who looked like an alligator yet walked upright on two powerful hind legs. Based on fossil records, scientists believed it once stalked through the tropical mud of North Carolina more than 231 million years ago. It was unique in that it had two shorter forelimbs and longer back limbs. It was something of a Frankenstein mix of crocodile ancestors and Triassic predators. The Carolina butcher was believed to have died out at the end of the Triassic period about 200 million years ago. But did it? Judging from these bizarre witness reports, perhaps it has cheated extinction. Skeptics offer explanations such as mistaken identity and flat-out hoax, but can those even explain away these sightings? While some could certainly be mistakes, there are enough credible, up-close sightings to suggest that some kind of mystery is going on here, one that perhaps needs time to unravel. sound means it's time to answer some listener mail. I have a question here from listener Damien Wielden, who asks a very relevant question about one of the upright walking alligators we've talked about here. He writes, 
Dear Lyle, like your podcast since I've been listening to the episodes, so keep up the work. I'd like to ask you about the alligator-like creature you mentioned in the Teague Terror episode. What's it called, and has there been other sightings of such creatures? Well, Damien, thanks for being a listener. I hope this episode has shed more light on the subject of the alligator-like creature I mentioned in the Terror of Teague episode. That report, the one by John Johnson that I recapped in this episode, came to me by luck while researching the rather unrelated incidents that were reported in Teague, and it's the only time I've personally received a report of something like that in the area of Waco, Texas. The alligator creature does not have an official name as of yet, since it's really the only sighting and it hasn't been publicized beyond my show. Of course, I mention that sighting here in context of the lizard man phenomenon, but the term lizard man or even gator man doesn't totally apply because the creature, like the one seen in Florida, is not very manlike, so to speak. And who knows, they might even be female, so the term lizard man or gator man isn't even valid at all. So I propose we call it the Waco Walking Gator. That works perfectly for the one seen near Waco, but of course that doesn't work for the similar beast spotted over in Florida. So short of a localized name, we can go with the more general term of bipedal gators. I think that's more representative of the description than, say, gator men. Do creatures from the Black Lagoon exist in our modern world? Scaly, humanoid throwbacks to an age when life on Earth was springing forth, diverging, and multiplying like never before. Are they something that has been with us? Existing on the fringes of bubbling swamp terrains or subterranean recesses, only to be seen on occasion when they venture too close to humankind? It's hard to say for sure. The only thing certain in these cases of bizarre monsters is that their presence raises far more questions than answers as it piques our internal need to make sense of the world around us and to reassure ourselves that we are the dominant species here on the planet, walking upright as intelligent, sentient beings. It's a frightening notion to think that there could be some type of humanoid creatures out there, closely related to us, yet possessing an ancient knowledge that extends as far back in time as the reptiles first roamed. Next time you get a glimpse of something that is scaly, verdant, and walking on two legs in the shadow of a swamp or deep woods, be sure to take a second look to be sure it's not merely a green-tinted human. For it could be something far more reptilian than human. Something that can only exist in the deepest pockets of the realm we call Monstro Bizarro.
my Lizardman book and others are available on Amazon or from my website at lyleblackburn.com. Visit my website to find out information about all my projects. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.